Hey, welcome to Sound Guy Tips Podcast. My name is Jonah Kay. Uh, this week, I'm going to take a little bit of a break talking about technical stuff or sound tips. And I'm just going to talk about how this COVID-19 virus has been affecting the industry. Basically, all of freelance style work has been completely shut down. Right now, I'm on day 11 or 12 of Maxwell's being shut down, which is my house gig where I do event managing, front of house, and and other venue tasks or helping incoming bands come in. And other companies like Sherwood and Angus Audio and other production companies around town uh, basically have laid everybody off, and their calendars have been completely wiped clean of events for the foreseeable future. So I'm going to do a phone interview with Paul Maxwell, who is the owner of Maxwell's Concerts and Events. And I'm going to get his take on the whole situation, kind of what it was like when we had to close and, you know, what his take on when we might be able to get back to doing concerts is. So let's get this going. Welcome to Sound Guy Tips. I've created this show because I am dedicated to sharing as much knowledge as I can about the world of live sound. Listen, getting into the world of live audio can certainly be intimidating, but I'm here to teach you the technical aspects, key mindsets, and how to thrive socially to stay on top of call lists, land an awesome house gig, or get yourself on retainer with a great touring band. So this is Sound Guy Tips. Now can we cut this music out? Oh man, I'm sick of all this inspirational crap. There we go, that's better. Hey Paul, how's it going? I'm good, buddy. How are you doing? Pretty good. Um, so describe to me what it was like when the major festivals started to get canceled probably about six weeks ago. Like, what were you thinking about then? You know, when, when Live Nation first, um, decided that they're going to start pulling out, um, obviously it was a big red flag. Um, it, it was the same as, you know, sports, uh, enthusiasts and, and athletes when they, they started seeing the NBA close and then everybody else started following suit. Um, it was the same for our industry, really. Um, it was started to be, a felt like there was going to be a trickle-down effect any moment. And, um, you know, we had a, a jam-packed fall, or sorry, jam-packed spring schedule, and things looked really promising. And then uh, when they started doing that, it really became serious, and we all started feeling that uh, it was going to affect, I think, each one of us in the music industry. Yeah, for sure. So... What was the deciding factor to actually close the venue for the time being? Because, I mean, in the media, it had kind of went day by day, and we still had events going, right? So, mm-hmm. I think the big thing for us was uh, when, they, when they confirmed the first reported cases in our region. That, that's when it started to get hit home. It started to get a little scary in that, uh, you know, that we don't know you even have this virus until it could be days later or you, you won't even develop symptoms. You just be a carrier uh, is, is what they're reporting. So I think a lot of the unknowns and um, I think of the safety of our, our staff and our patrons and our bands. And I think those are the, the big contributing factors that there was reported cases for sure. And then also, uh, you know, even if there weren't reported cases, if they're around us, 
and people traveling a lot and bands are on tour and on the road and you know we don't know where they're going with they're coming up from the u.s or over from europe um, there's a lot of contributing factors uh that could have spread the virus and, and we could have been a you know ground zero in the region for if we were continuing at that point right yeah i mean i've seen uh posts of entire bands that have it right so or entire tour packages that have it actually so that have the virus yeah i've seen that yeah i've never yeah. heard that yeah, um, and that's scary. And imagine, imagine they stayed on tour. Imagine they infected a whole venue, and there's 700 people at our, one of our sold out shows. Uh, you know, David Wilcox was supposed to be this weekend, and you know he's in his early 70s. Imagine that uh, we still ran that show. Um, if things weren't as bad as they were, if, if this was two weeks ago and we were running that show, imagine how bad that could have ended up. Um, especially with with an artist of his age, and then the 700 bodies in the crowd, it would have been could have been devastating actually if, if one one person had it yeah absolutely so what is your take on people's reaction to the virus so far in general um yeah, just i think in general. Big, i think there's a big spectrum i think um one side of it you have extreme cautious uh people that are self-quarantining self-isolating you know regardless if they have symptoms regardless if they traveled you know our family right now we have two small children so we're we're on the, the very cautious side of the spectrum. Nobody's coming in or out, not doing any visits with grandma and grandpa. We're not doing anything right now uh, except hanging out here and, and, uh, and, you know, playing hide and seek and watching Netflix. So that's, that's our side. And then I think there's a, there's a big gap, um, especially in other countries, not as much in Canada, but I think there's a huge gap with uh, people's attitudes and, and feeling that it's, you know, they're invincible. It's not going to affect them. They're out and about, Right. Even if you drive around today, you know, um, you know, as we head into the end of March, uh, if you had to drive around today, there's still quite a few people out and about on the streets and, and in the stores. And so there are people that aren't taking it as seriously. There's people that, uh, that aren't wearing gloves, that aren't wearing masks, that aren't really being careful of wiping down shopping carts. Um, and then there's the people that are the complete opposite. So that's kind of my approach right now or my, my, my viewpoint on, on, from an outsider looking out, you know, yeah. into the whole thing. Um, but I definitely feel that uh, uh, there's certain key political figures that are not helping the situation, and there's others that are that are very proactive in the situation. I'm happy that our government's taking starting to take it more seriously. Yeah, for sure. So we are only 12 days, roughly, in of, of being closed or having the venue closed. Mm-hmm. Uh, when are the major agents or... Uh, you know, labels, booking agents looking to rebook as of now? Yeah, that's a great question. So the kind of consensus right now um, through, I've, I've been in contact with all the major agencies in Canada that we work with, with Feldman, APA, Paradigm, PACAN, um, and a couple others. So we've been chatting and the consensus is nothing really is going to get going again until, uh, until the fall at this point. It sounds, um, you know, like overkill pushing everything out that far, but the reality is we need a few months of, of lead time to promote events and right. to get the tickets sold and to educate people with what's going on with, with uh, you know, the messages that we need to send out to all the ticket holders and refunds and all these other things. So we do need time to process, and if this is cleared up by the summer, then we have to start marketing for the fall, and we won't be able to just pull the trigger and all of a sudden there's sold out shows this fall with days to go. It just doesn't happen like that. So we need to gear up tour buses and, and all this, the, the, uh, 
all the staff and crew that are involved with each show. They need to, to, you know, fuel up the engine. Um, so I think that's where everybody's heads are at that it's the earliest that we're going to get going again is this fall and, you know, shows that we've scheduled in March and April are getting postponed to October, November at this point. And some are even looking at next year and we've yeah, got other issues. Yeah. It's tough. Like, yeah, nobody has a crystal ball. And, um, the other thing, you know, we've had a couple of shows that are scheduled early June that are, they're being a bit more optimistic thinking of pushing them to August um, but with my standpoint on or viewpoint on how everything's unfolding and, and looking at the science coming out of it and the way that they're thinking the curves are going to, uh, wind up, um, in the long run, you know, it could be to the end of the year before we can start getting back to normal. Yeah. I think one of the tough parts about the touring world is that there is such a lead time on, on things being planned that if you just straight shut it down, the lead time it takes for them to organize it again is like right back to the beginning, right? Which could be eight months yeah. to a year. Like oftentimes all the, the bigger tours that are planned are all a year plus in advance. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine a, a concert at the uh, Air Canada Center or, you know, uh, at the Rogers Center. Imagine the amount of work and production and, and how many transport trucks need to be loaded with gear, you know, to do a Ramstein concert as an example, right. Yeah. Right? like the setups are unimaginable, uh, for, for the most people that are working on smaller scale events, they're just enormous and require so many hands to, to get them to work. You're right. I think some of those big events could take a full year to be, um, or longer to be rescheduled. So on a smaller scale, like how long could it take to recover the shows so that people or the public are willing to go out to concerts again, even if they're just small local style shows? Yeah, I think I've said it to a couple of people recently that we're really our industry is the first to be shut down because we're a public gathering place and we're probably the last to reopen. So it's going to affect public gathering businesses the hardest. I'd say, uh, at a, at a most businesses, um, because there's a stigma attached to, you know, to disobeying social distancing and, and, uh, and what our government's telling us, which is, it's the right thing. It's, we, we do need to socially distance ourselves and, and, uh, quarantine ourselves. That's, that's for sure the right thing to do. Um, you know, from a small show scale perspective, I think it's going to be once, once there is a couple of first movers in globally in the industry, once we start seeing, you know, China and Europe and, and other places overseas start to run some events, that's going to be where people start uh, have breathing a sigh of relief over here that there's going to be an end, end time in sight for this. And I think we need to wait for the countries that were hit hardest first to recover and to start running events. And then we'll see a, a ripple effect over to, to North America here. Uh, I think also having, you know, it, it could take a long time, they're saying, for a vaccine to be readily available. Right. If that is expedited and things start um, progressing, then I think we could be in really good shape earlier. Uh, but those things take a long time to, to cultivate and to, to prepare for the masses. So, uh, you know, I want to be optimistic. And the nice thing is, at least with local shows, you could pull the trigger on those quickly. So if we're open again in the summer, we could start doing local shows within days and and if people are comfortable going out on a smaller scale, then, um, you know, that's, those will be the first events that we run and try to, to, uh, to feel money back into the band's pockets and, and to the venue's pockets for sure from, from bar sales and that type of thing. 
Right. So you're basically saying we have to wait for a more kind of major media event that is showing that there's some type of concert or event going on. In yeah, other, we can't in be other first, places. Yeah. In other places. Exactly. We we can't be the first movers, that's for sure. We've right. got to be we have to be quick to react. Um once things are starting to roll out again, we're going to be we're going to be watching for that and then um gauging public interest. I think that's going to be a big important thing for us. You know, are people ready? We don't want to also be people at the forefront of reopening and receiving a lot of uh, negative attention from that too. So we want to do oh, it strategically. Sure. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll wrap it up there. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate your insight to uh, the local effects that this is having. Great. Thanks, John, for having me. All right. Thanks, Paul. Don't forget, you can check out these episodes at soundguidetips.com. And you can go leave me a comment on the Sound Guy Tips Facebook group and let me know what you thought of the interview. Thanks.